0: The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program.
1: This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo.
2: Well, greetings, pet lovers. We welcome our guests who tune in each week from around the world. Doc Fleck, how about that Kentucky Derby? Were you surprised by the outcome?
3: Always surprised by the outcome, no matter who wins. Now, what about the WKC
2: Dog Show? Surprised? Mm, not
0: really. No, not really. That's, that's,
3: a, that's always a surprise every year, too.
2: But you know what? All both the the race, the horse race and the dog show. It's always amazing, right?
3: Oh, it truly is amazing. And everybody you talk to loves it.
2: Yeah, they really do. Well, next week um we have horse racing journalist Steve Haskin. He's going to analyze the show for us and talk about the road to the Preakness, which is going to come up. Um, in about a week and a half, and then we'll have the winner of, we hopefully will have the winner of the 147th Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. But I got to tell you, I'm so proud of you, Dr. Fleck.
3: Oh, I why, 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 love why? the
2: Forbes article that you're in. So just remind us, what was that article about? It was grass or something?
3: Yeah, it was uh, the problem with, with canines, the dogs, eating grass, and why do they eat grass, and what are some of the manifestations of their eating grass? And there were some different opinions by other veterinarians in the article, too. Sure. But my opinion is obviously the correct opinion. And my <laughs> opinion is they love it. That's well, you know, why they eat it. But I, they don't need it to for you. know any. what? They but, love but it. But here's
2: the thing. I thought your quote versus other veterinarians was very on or pro to how we live with our dogs, because this is the spring. This is the time of the year. People treat their lawns with fertilizer and other chemicals, and dogs will ingest those chemicals and then lick their paws, et cetera, et cetera. So I thought that was really, because I thought that was something other than the symptoms that people really need to think about. Yeah, so the, I-
3: The appropriate thing about eating grass is normally what's on those blades of grass. Sure. Is it something from- As you say, people correcting their lawn or is it something from wild animals or just the environment in general? Right. And I
2: I thought that was key. The other thing that I thought was really interesting was to talk about how you have to clean up your yard because the hookworms, roundworms and everything else. And a lot of people don't clean
3: up their yard. So we know that. Yes.
2: Okay. well, we got to move on. So um, talk
3: about today's show. Well, today we're talking about a company that cares not just about your pet's welfare, but yours, too. What canine colored leashes mean how one organization is saving dogs from the chinese meat markets leaving cats alone without care the met gala and the influence of carl lagerfeld's cat shoe and well mexico can be an attractive
2: destination to those seeking dental work or cosmetic surgeries at a fraction of what is charged in the United States. But travelers aren't the only ones who can find more affordable health care across the border, Dr. Fleck. Mm-hmm. Data from the Mexican government shows more Americans are entering Mexico with their pets as wait times and cost at U.S. veterinary clinics soar. They're increasing. People can't afford to go to veterinarians. And
3: joining us today to talk about why Americans are crossing the border for veterinary care is Anna Ginsky, who runs Mexivet Express, a transportation and liaison service that takes American pets to the clinics in Baja, California and back. While most of Ginsky's customers are from California, she said she's had some fly in from far off cities like Chicago to access more affordable veterinary care. Well, greetings. Thank you for joining us today.
2: Thank you. Nice to be here. So, Anna, it's my understanding that you sought out medical attention not only for yourself, but also for your dog in Mexico. What prompted you to make those decisions?
4: For me, it was primarily the economic factor because it is, as it turns out, it is, I would say, anywhere from on average 50 to up to 90% more affordable in Mexico.
2: You just started by going from San Diego, because that's where Ana's based, to TJ, Tijuana, right? Yep. And then what about other healthcare before, you know, we get into the dog aspect?
4: So I've done um, fertility tourism. I've done my dental care. My dad sought out cancer treatments in Mexico. There's a lot of people uh, working with autoimmune diseases in Mexico, so these are all the things that I have a, a personal experience with. And then of course veterinary care.
3: You had a question, Dr. Fly. Yeah, based on your medical and veterinary experiences, you have created a business, MexiVet Express, mm-hmm. and provide transportation service to Americans seeking these lower cost health care in Mexico. Can you talk to us about how it works?
4: Sure. So our clients start out by, um, getting a quote from us. So typically their first, their first curiosity is going to be, is this going to save me money? Um, so they start out by, they'll reach out to us through our website. They'll submit a request for an estimate. Um, we'll get their request. We'll look at what they're, um, seeking treatment for. We will line them up with the clinics that we think are going to best align with that treatment with the lowest cost price and the best quality vet service. If they like the quote, they'll book with us. Booking with us means they're going to pay an appointment deposit. They're going to sign a service contract and they're going to fill out a patient intake form and they're going to send us all their um, veterinary medical history as it pertains to the service they need. And then on the day of their service, we're going to keep in touch with them the whole day. We're going to handle all the transportation. We're going to be their stand-ins at the clinic. We're going to call them into the appointment. And essentially keep in touch with them all day and then get their pet home safely.
2: So pretty much you pick them up, you handle which vet they go to based on their problem. Now, it's my understanding um, you speak Spanish. Correct. Right. So you facilitate all that. And then when they're done, you drive the pet back home, correct? That's
4: right. You got it.
2: OK, well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with Anna Ginsky, who runs Mexivet Express, a transportation and liaison service that takes American pets to clinics in Baja, California and back. Um, you had a question,
3: Dr. Fleck. Is it non-refundable deposits?
4: For the most part, within reason. So if somebody if somebody wants to change their appointment date and they give us, you know, 48 hours of notice, no problem. If somebody just doesn't show up. On the day of pickup, let's say they're meeting us at a pickup point or we're going to their home if they're not there. And sometimes it's kind of a bummer. Sometimes it'll happen where they they're trying to get their pet into the carrier, usually cats. Let's say their cat's just not around like they haven't done the planning to get their pet into the carrier. So those are some unfortunate events where we might keep the deposit. But for the most part, we're we stay within.
3: How do you find veterinarians for clients and what's your vetting process?
4: When I started out, I used the clinic that I was taking my dog to. So I pretty much primarily stuck with them. And then as I got to know more people, I was working with more rescues. I was starting to find out through word of mouth um, where some of the other trusted, reputable clinics were in TJ. Um, So through rescues, through um, friends that have had really good experiences at other clinics through my own experiences. And then sometimes clients have a clinic that they want us to use. I like that because we can kind of be looking in, you know, almost like voyeurism, if you will, and seeing how it, how the experience goes at that clinic. And with us, it's like, we don't have a whole lot of skin in the game because the client chose that clinic. And now we just get to watch and see how it goes. So we've actually gotten a handful of really g- great clinics that way through clients' recommendations. Now,
2: did the clients use these clinics in the past or did they mm-hmm. just happen
4: upon them? I would say both, but more often it's that the clients use that clinic all the time and they've recently found out about us and they're like, oh, great, I don't want to do the driving. I'll just have you take my dog.
2: So how does the quality of care, how does it compare to with U.S.? and? Mexican veterinarians? You can
4: get great quality vet care in Mexico. There, there are, of course, some differences. Um, not all clinics are going to offer the same things. So for instance, we have, we have only one like really great clinic that offers what they call ICU level care, which is where they're going to pair a vet with your pet and they're going to watch it all throughout the night just one-on-one care. They're going to be checking the vitals of your pet all night long. If at any second, anything goes wrong, you've got the vet is there to offer support. Um, but not a lot of clinics have that. I don't know anywhere that's doing radiation therapy. So there's, there's some holes, there's some gaps in what is being offered as compared to the U S but for your, for your standard stuff, your dental cleanings, your tumor removals, um, you know, like standard hospitalization, ear infections, you know, a lot of the stuff, the 90% of what most pets need um, is covered with excellent results in Mexico.
3: I know it's kind of like hard for you to hear this, right? No, it's not hard mm-hmm. at all. Okay. I see this every day because I have a practice in Miami too. So there's a lot of um, patients in the Miami area that go to South America or Latin America. We're talking with Anna Ginsky, who runs Mexi Vet Express, a transportation
2: and liaison service that takes American pets to clinics in Baja, California and back. So I'm sure you want to hear more. I do. Celebrity Pet Buzz and Flex Facts are also next.
5: Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com.
2: Thank you for joining us on the PEP Buzz. The show is hosted by the Dynamic Pet Duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Okay, well, we're continuing our chat with Anna Ginsky, who runs MexiVet Express, a transportation and liaison service that takes American pets to clinics
3: in Mexico and back. So what about bringing medications across the border?
4: So that's not a problem. You need, a, you need to have a um, prescription for it anything that would need a prescription in the U S you need that prescription to cross it. Um, So there are a lot of things that you don't need a prescription for in Mexico, but that you do need one in the U S and people think, well, well, I got, you know, I got it so easily down there. I can bring it across. And that's not true. Um, And then there's certain drugs that are um, controlled substances, right? So there are certain types of like narcotics that they might, uh, prescribed to your pet in Mexico, that you know you have to declare them, and so there might be a lengthier crossing process. And you just you need to make sure that you have everything that you need to have to legally cross that that substance. Yeah, you need to be careful when you're crossing medications.
2: I'm curious. Um, after we saw four Americans, two which were killed, two which were injured, is it safe to travel to Mexico? And what do you need to bring? our pets into Mexico and vice versa.
4: Yeah, I, it is safe to travel into Mexico. Um, so we, we go primarily to Northern Baja to, to Tijuana and, you know, we're crossing almost every day. Um, we have multiple drivers that are crossing every day and we've never had any issues, not one knock on wood. Um, so yeah, we feel safe doing it. Um, we are among so many people that cross every day in and out of mexico um, and especially at that border crossing so yeah i would say that it's safe um it's tricky right you need to have your um of course you need your own personal travel documents your passport um depending what lane you want to use you might need your passport card or your sentry card um your pet is going to need um, up to date vaccines. So when you're crossing into Mexico, they want to see that all the vaccines are up to date, especially the rabies vaccine and crossing back into the U S same thing. They want to see in particular the rabies vaccine, but having, um, a current, a completely current vaccine history is, um, ideal. Um, and then, and then generally the way the pet looks, yeah,
2: um, He can't be sick. sick. He can't look sick. He can't have open sores or wounds.
4: Exactly. Yeah. They need to appear to be healthy. So if they appear unhealthy, then there's reasonable, there's reasonable cause to give you trouble at the border, both coming into Mexico and coming back into the US.
2: I'm just curious, have you ever had a pet die?
4: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we deal with sick pets. So to bring back the body, you have to have a full uh, pathology report done on the body. You can't just have blood work. Um, You have to have a full like toxicology report saying that um, this this deceased pet is not, you know, didn't die of any infectious disease. And those can be a little bit difficult um, to obtain. And it's not it's not fast. So if somebody wants somebody just wants their dog back quickly, it's not going to happen.
3: Yeah, if serious procedures need to be done that are going to be extremely expensive, at least consider giving you a buzz Um, I think that's very relevant for all of the patrons here in the United States that are pet parents because it has become extremely expensive, especially for some services. But at the same time, I think we're also limiting it that when you go to the extreme service, you know, when we're talking about cardiology experiences, some of it can be handled there, some of it can't. one has to be a bit discreet. But thank you, Anna, for joining us today. But before you leave, so people can call you, please provide us with your website where they can learn more.
4: So our website is www.mexivetexpress.com. So it's the business name.
2: That was Anna Ginsky, who owns and operates Mexivet Express, a transportation and liaison service that takes American pets to clinics in Baja, California and back want to hear the latest and greatest celebrity pet news
1: and now the latest news about celebrities and their pets it's obsession
2: aren't
5: they cute
2: affectionately referred to as fashion's biggest night out the met gala 2023 is a fundraising benefit for the metropolitan museum of art in new york city the event welcomes stars young creatives and industry paragons the 2023 met gala theme was carl lagerfeld a line of beauty to honor carl lagerfeld who was a regular attendee at the Metropolitan Museum's Art Costume Institute. Well, the event took place on May 1st, 2023. Lagerfeld, who preferred to keep his personal life private, was always willing to talk about Choupette, his Berman cat, and even his love for her. Well, the iconic fashion designer even said that being Chopet's owner helped him get this, become a nicer person. So many celebrities used Chopet as inspiration when selecting their glamorous attire for the evening. Dojo Cat more than lived up to her name. The singer turned up on the red carpet in an Oscar de Lorena gown, complete with cat ears, of course, conjuring up the image of Lagerfeld's beloved Chopet and even gave her best meow. And actor Jared Leto, quite literally embodied Choupette. Lieto turned up in literally a Choupette suit as in full like Disney character style head, which was crazy. You can never have too many tributes to the hardest working cat in fashion, right? right. Well, Choupette, who has had an Instagram account since coming to live with Carl Lagerfeld wrote, Uh, Do I have a twin somewhere? The cat's official Instagram page captioned his latest photo. I rate Dojo Cat and Jared Leto's outfits 100 out of 10. What about you? How would you rate them? Those feline-inspired costumes will be on our social media channel, so you need to check them out on the Peppa, so that you can rate them too. So I think it was a wonderful evening. Um, You know, I have photographed Karl Lagerfeld many times. He's a very serious man. You know, he's German. uh, And he died probably about a year ago. So this was a great tribute. So many celebrities came. Came out and honored him, but that cat really turned him into a real sweetie, real pussy (laughs) cat. Time now for Flex Facts.
1: Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the facts, fact or fiction? Just the facts, ma'am.
3: You want answers? I want the truth. So,
2: Doctor Fleck, what are we going to talk about today? Hot spots.
3: They are commonly called hot spots, but the medical term for those bare, inflamed, red areas, as you often see on dogs, is acute moist dermatitis, a bacterial skin infection. So, how do dogs get them? Anything that irritates the dog's skin enough to make them scratch or chew can lead to the pain and the itch of hot spots, which, if left untreated, can quickly grow even larger.
2: Okay, so talk to us about the location of hotspots. What does the location tell
3: us? The hotspots location can really help a vet diagnose its cause. Fleas, for example, may be the source of a hip hotspot, while a hotspot in the ear might point to some ear problems. Then, how do you treat them? Treating hotspots may involve shaving, cleaning the irritated area, using some antibiotics, some anti inflammatory drugs like non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs or maybe some steroids, allergy medications like the new one, Cytopoint or Apoquil or topical medications, depending upon how bad the hotspots are and how much your pain on the pooch is experiencing. Lastly, if your pet is plagued by a hotspot, it is definitely time to see a vet. I would also point out that most of the time vets treated topically and internally. So get prepared for both.
2: In other words, get prepared for a bill. Anything else, Dr. Fleck? That's all the Flex fact for the week. Thanks, Dr. Fleck. That was really informative. Now I learned a little bit more about hotspots, especially that location, location, location matters. Right.
1: You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck.
5: According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen too. EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless, golden retrievers, and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Epi-Pet.com. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz The Best in Pet
2: Talk Radio, where we focus on enhancing the bond between pets and their people. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Let's kick off this segment with the I Like You of the Week.
1: It's genius. It's the die for
2: well, many of us are searching for natural solutions for ourselves, our pets, and for use in our home. In the past, pet owners had to sacrifice effectiveness when using natural flea and tick solutions. Thankfully, that's no longer the case. So Tevra Pet Naturals fight fleas and ticks naturals. Tevrapet Pet Naturals are powered by a botanical blend of essential and Natural oils protecting your pet, their environment, and your home. Tevra Pet Naturals Flea and Tick Spray for dogs, cats, at home. Kills and repels fleas, ticks, and mosquitoes, along with, get this, 100 other bugs. And it's both a flea and tick repellent and a treatment for use on dogs, cats, and in-home interiors. So let me explain that. I'm not saying that you just use the Naturals Spray. What I'm saying is you use it how I use it as an extra. So if my if we're going hiking or walking on the preserve, I will spray my pets who are treated with monthly pills for the flea and tick, but I use this as an extra. I also use it in my car after they get out of the car when we go hiking on the preserve. And I also, if they're rolling around in the grass, I might spray their pet beds or the front doors or the back doors. Okay, so unlike many conventional chemical flea and tick products, this powerful flea Flea spray eliminates the pest eggs and larvae, not just adults, so you can knock out a pest problem in hours and not days. So for an active pest issue, treat your pet and your entire home as well as treating the outdoor areas with flea, tick, and mosquito spray. The cost is $29.97 at TevraPet.com. And the bottle's big and a little spray goes a long way. We got mail.
5: you got mail.
2: Dr. Fleck, Jane writes from New York City, specifically to you. She wants to know if she can leave her cat home alone for the weekend. She really wants to know, is it a good idea? Do you advise pet owners to leave their cats alone for a few days without a cat sitter or family friend stopping by? That was
3: two questions in one, leaving them for the weekend and leaving them with a cat sitter. If you're leaving them with a cat sitter, somebody is there all the time if you're just leaving them for the weekend and having somebody come in and check on them?
2: Well, not necessarily. I mean, a cat sitter comes in once or twice and makes two visits a day. that's fine, too.
3: Okay. That's fine, too. But you can't leave them unattended without human interaction. Mm -hmm. For a number of reasons. If nothing else, for hygiene. Second else, for psychological reasons. So absolutely, you can leave. I usually say you can leave them alone overnight. But if you're going to be leaving them any longer than overnight you need somebody to come in and care spend time with the cats empty the litter box make sure that they have proper fresh food
2: right No, especially if they're eating wet food which (laughs) could spoil um you know it's funny because not such a long time ago i talked to april Steele, and she said that cats that are left alone that are not eating for 24 hours she said it's different if a dog does that dog will not eat a meal miss a meal here and there but she said cats really need to eat every single day, because if you think about it, you know, they're constantly eating.
3: And and I would warn anybody that that leaves their cat for a weekend or for a few days, even if they have somebody come in when they return, expect to have some behavioral adjustments to that cat's behavior
2: as well as the stinky litter box. Anyway, that was great commentary, Dr. Fleck. Thanks for that. Well, I never left my cat's alone. I never let them stay home alone. I would always have someone come regularly. I'd have somebody come twice a day um, for two
3: half an hour visits. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people do leave their cats home alone, but and, and don't forget when somebody comes in strange, make sure that they have the door shut so that they can't escape. Sure.
2: That's good. Well, I'm sure a lot of people do leaving their cats home alone, but hopefully with your advice, they'll think twice. So I think your insight was really important on this particular matter. And I think Jane will appreciate it because it kind of sounds like she doesn't want to leave the cats alone yeah. or the cat
3: alone. You no know, it seems as if our next guest is on the phone. Charlotte, can you introduce the segment? Sure. Animal activists have warned that the controversial Chinese dog
2: meat festival, that's the Yulin Festival, and Jude could be the biggest in years as COVID restrictions are lifted and organizers want to put on a spectacle for tourists and individuals who were return home to the region. So what are animal activists in China and the U.S. doing to help these animals and to stop this festival? Well, joining us today is Jill Stewart. She's co-founder of the China Rescue Dogs. She's joining us to talk about how her organization is saving dogs designated for the meat trade.
0: Hi, Jill, and welcome to the Pet Buzz. Hi, thank you so very much for inviting me on your show. I really appreciate that.
2: You know, I'm really excited you're here because so many Americans, you know, see this in, from May to June uh, and hear about the Yulin um, dog meat festival, and and they don't really know what's going on. So let's get started by you telling me about your organization. What is the China Rescue Dogs, uh, CRD, and what's its mission?
0: Our mission. I started the rescue in 2019. I adopted a golden retriever by the name of Miso. He was a distemper survivor and the monks north of Shanghai took him in. I had always actually known the barbaric meat trade and what was going on in China. But until you actually see the dog, you have it in your home and your arms and you realize what is happening in China. I decided I could not just adopt this dog and stop there. So I created my nonprofit in 2019 to hopefully, and educate, inform, rescue, rehabilitate animals from China into loving homes within the United States as well as Canada.
2: So I I guess my next question is, how do these dogs end up in the meat trade? And how are dogs rescued from the meat trade in terms of like the breeding farms, the trucks that are bound for slaughter or the various butcher locations?
0: One of the misconceptions that people have, I believe, or most folks in our country ask me, historically, this cannot be true. There's no way that the Chinese are continuing to brutally slaughter animals. It's one thing if you humanely slaughter animals and you have no resource for food. That is not the case in China. In fact, the more brutal torture that they have, they believe that this actually ensues adrenaline and the meat becomes more tender you can literally go into a restaurant go in the back of any restaurant in these large cities including beijing and shanghai order your animal to its torture liking and it's served there it is the most disgusting brutality that i've actually heard or seen it's unlike anything else in our country china is the worst in the world for animal cruelty there are no laws There are no means to help these animals unless United States rescues and organizations such as ours come in, educate, inform the community, start to really promote and pass some sort of animal rights. One of the hardest challenges, unfortunately, is it's a communist country. Unlike other countries where they've done a lot of work, China will not let you come in and do that. So they're completely, rescuers are completely dependent on United States nonprofits and organizations to come in and support and help and educate.
2: You know, it's so interesting because when you hear about these dogs and you see pictures of these dogs that have been saved from organizations um, like yours, there's a variety of dogs so you wonder how do they end up there are a lot of these dogs stolen i mean from golden retrievers to french bulldogs to to poodles are these dogs stolen
0: from people i have a hard time even thinking that there's there's a small percentage of dog lovers in china i do think unfortunately there's large unlike the other asian countries in china there's large breed farms that are not bred for meat they're bred for almost like puppy mills. Unfortunately, when they're done using them, they'll sell the whole breed farm to Yulin. They'll sell the whole breed farm to slaughterhouses. And it's a various thing. I mean, there's butchers that steal dogs from people. There's police that take the dogs right off the street. There are areas such as in Wuhan that golden retrievers are not ever allowed in the street because of their size. So only small dogs are permitted. So these dogs can never go out. The police, if seeing a larger dog, will brutally slaughter the dog right in front of the family. The police have every right to come to the home, take the dogs, murder the dogs right in front of the family. There are just simply no way... When I've been in China, I've seen horrible things, and you can say nothing.
2: Well, we're going to take a commercial break and be back with Jill Stewart from China Dog Rescue. I mean, it's just... It's disturbing, but it's also heartbreaking to hear how these dogs are treated just so someone could eat them. I mean, it's disgusting. (sighs) I have to take a deep breath for that one. We're going to take a commercial break and be back with Jill Stewart. Also up next is Global Pet News and Tell Me Something Good. So I'm a cat and I just moved in with this new human and she's got this little toy she's always playing with all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese. And guess what? Egg rolls showed up. Like magic. Humans have cool toys.
0: A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org.
3: I'm petrodologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Here at the Pet Buzz, we are urban, suburban, and and country. country.
2: Well, we're back with Jill Stewart of the China Rescue Dogs, talking about how her organization is rescuing dogs from China and bringing them to the U.S. for a safe and better life. Big question for you. What can our Pet Buzz listeners do to help you?
0: So our, our main um, goal right now is to try to move our animals out if possible, before Yulin. Our shelters, we have dogs all over China that are ready to fly again. We cannot, you know, we need to raise funds. I'm paying $12,000 a month for a facility to give hope in a bigger picture. But the immediate need is raising the money for another flight so we can move those healthy animals out that have met all the CDC, USDA requirements that are ready to fly in May. So then we can rescue the ones that need to come into our shelter going on the meat trucks to Yulin
2: such a big task i mean it's i guess i'm just overwhelmed like probably so many of our listening audience i mean just to think about the horrible things and to hear about all of the work that you have to do to save these creatures it's i mean it's it's unbelievable and i and i'm kind of like dumbfounded as i'm talking to you and getting a little flac- clamped about the whole thing because all i can say is that i know It's a labor of love.
0: I tell this story and I believe in my heart and Patty and I also believe that I did not realize this. So my golden retriever could not walk and the monks took him in and I took him without even a thought. If he couldn't walk, it was okay. If he needed a wheelchair, it was okay. So when the monks realized that this person took this dog that no one wanted and was disabled, they went on and gave him a blessing. They said, I want you to go on and continue your work in China. And this dog will help you see everything through. So we are blessing you and we're blessing the dog. When I adopted him, I did not know that. So the monks will come and bless our facility. And again, they have looked over everything that we have been doing. So every corner, every hardship, every challenge, every the monks and this gift that they gave me. So and I back in 2019 has carried me through every single dog, every single flight, every single worry, everything. That's fantastic.
2: You know, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Thank you so much for joining us today. It, it's it been a, it's been a difficult conversation, a painful conversation, a heartbreaking conversation, but really necessary. Um, Jill, before you go, can you give us your website so we can learn more? I sure
0: can. Chinarescuedogs.org. All our social media platform, Instagram, as well as Facebook is China Rescue Dogs. My name is Jill Stewart. My telephone number is 919-619-4374. And you can call me at any time. Again, we're en route traveling with our disabled Malamute who couldn't fly. So I thank you for the accommodations. We're at a dog park in Utah. We're making a home with some of our fur babies and especially our Malamute that was unable to be cargoed out. So we're taking him uh, via ground. Great, great. Well, just to remind
2: you, that was Jill Stewart from the China Rescue Dogs, the CRD. It's a 501c3 nonprofit That rescues and rehabilitates dogs who are brutalized in China for the meat trade. Um, Jill and her rescuers and her partner, Patty Larson, bring them over to the United States um, for healthier, safer, and better lives, and with the goal of finding them loving forever homes in North America. You know, this was a very interesting yet very painful conversation to have. Really, it's all about these poor dogs who in many cases are stolen or even bred for torture and they're mistreated, only to end up as what some people would consider a delicacy on a dinner plate. It's just really horrible treatment. But at the same time, I'm glad Jill was here to talk about this issue as bad as it was. Organizations like her, the Chinese Rescue Dogs, a five hundred one c three nonprofit, takes it upon themselves to rescue and rehabilitate these um, these dogs, and it's amazing that they can be rehabilitated because they're treated so badly. And thank goodness she saves them from this Chinese meat, the Chinese meat trade, and finds them loving homes in North America. So if you can donate a dollar, five dollars, or ten dollars, please feel free to donate to the Chinese Rescue Dogs. We'll make sure we put the address on our social media outlets. Time now for Global Pet News.
5: And now, Pet Buzz News from around the globe. So though petting a new pup may seem
2: like a great way to meet your daily quota for endorphins, doing so isn't always the best idea, especially if the dog is wearing a red dog collar or bandana or if it has a red leash. So red is the universal sign for stop. We see it on stop signs and spotlights all around the world. It's a prominent color for police sirens and fire trucks. We even use the color. When talking about red flags, like that's a red flag. So red gives us a reason to pause and be cautious. And it's why some pups wear red dog collars or bandanas or use red leashes. Red is the signal. That this pet is aggressive and needs space from both people and other animals. These pets have been known to snap or bite at a passerby or attack another dog or lunge at people. These pets may be perfectly fine at home with their owner, but become overly protective of them when they're out on the street. So let's talk about some other colors now. So yellow is typically reserved for pets that are nervous and may be unpredictable. So I would think Hammy, my dog, he's kind of a little nervous sometimes, especially when he's out on the street. He won't bite anyone, but I'd rather people think he's nervous and unpredictable. While it's not a full-blown stop, like a dog wearing a red leash and collar, uh, it's definitely a slowdown kind of like a yellow traffic light now then there's green and green leashes signal that a pet is approachable for both people and other dogs churchill is definitely a green leash dog my little puppy churchill however you should never approach a pet speak to or interact with a strange dog before getting permission from its owner even with all of my experience people are always surprised when i say is it okay if i pet your dog And they're like, yes, most definitely. But before I even do that, I let the pet sniff my hand and I read the body language. Now let's talk about one of my favorite colors, bright orange. Orange typical means that the dog doesn't interact well with other dogs. It might love people, but Uh, next day with dealing with other dogs so curb your own pup maybe you want to cross the street or pause to let the other dog pass calmly the most important thing is when that dog is passing remain calm don't stiffen up on your dog's leash and then of course then there's blue you might see blue vest bandanas and leashes and those are commonly used by service dogs working dogs or dogs in training many times the accessories will even say do not pet so Even though these dogs are super cute, you should avoid interaction with them and let the pup stick to his business and his routine. Nobody likes to be
3: bothered when they're hard at work. We need to put this on our website because I didn't realize all those colors had that meaning. And I'm sure that 90 percent of our listening audience didn't realize it either. Yeah, it's time for us to be. Yeah promoted more.
2: I'm going to I'm going to put that on the website with the
3: your thing. I'm going to bring it into my clinics and encourage it in every sure. veterinary clinic.
2: Well, it's that time. It's time to end the show. And we always want to end the show on a good note. Right, Dr. Folk? Yes. So we're going to end the show with tell me something good. And
1: that's like... Your attention, please. News of the day got you down? No worries. Pet trendologist Charlotte Reed is here with Tell Me Something Good. This is a necessity like air and oxygen. Tell me something good.
2: Well, if you recall, I've been working with Tractive GPS, a very light, waterproof device that tracks your pet throughout the world. Well, it turns out our assistant, Hallie, canceled her subscription because her dog recently passed away. So Dr. Fleck, you're not going to believe this. The company emailed her to pass on their condolences. First, they asked her why she is no longer using the service, why she canceled. And then she told them that her dog died. So this was an email thing. So do you know they wrote her an email and they sent her condolences? Including, and this was in the notes. If that she is having a difficult time with the passing of her dog and she needs to talk, she can call the company and speak to a customer service rep that will be more than happy to speak to her about her pet and her loss. I have never heard of anything like that. So when she told me, I was extremely shocked and very pleased. I like the tractive GPS system. The price is right at 49 dollars 90, uh, I talked about it two weeks ago on the show, but it's just nice to know that a company cares enough about you, your pets, their welfare, because that's part of their job, but they even care about your welfare.
3: Quality company.
2: Now that's something good. Well, Dr. Fleck, I know you're going to be sad. It's a wrap. What? I know it's a wrap. Oh, come on. We got so much more to go through. I know. But before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. So next week, we're talking about the winner of the 149th Kentucky Derby and the winner of the Westminster Kennel Club Dog Show. Dr. Fleck, would you be so kind as to thank our guest?
3: I am pleased to thank our guest and Ginsky and Jill Stewart. And of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center
2: of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin, coat, and ear care products for healthier
3: pets everywhere. If you have any questions, write to us at at teamatthepetbuzz.com. We will cover it on next week's show. And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media
2: channels, as well as your favorite streaming channels, and listen to the linked podcast on Monday morning.
3: But most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you Take better care of your pets.
4: Peace out and pet love.
1: Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. www.thepetbuzz.com Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.